everybody. Happy New Year. Welcome to Hashtag No Limits. This is our first one for 2021. And I am so excited about my guests today. Um, Molly and her mom, Sandy, have, I've had the privilege of knowing them for about a decade now. And um, it's been such a joy to, it wasn't a joy reason that brought them to me, but it has been a joy to watch Molly truly become a whole new butterfly. Um, hashtag is about people that society has placed limits upon, but they have busted through those limits. As a special education teacher and as a master IEP coach, I see those kinds of limits being placed on people all the time, but thankfully I also get to see people like Molly busting through those limits on a regular basis. Um, and the reason I said that Molly has turned into this beautiful butterfly, not that she wasn't before, but my example of we know who we are today, but not who we will become, is the caterpillar turning into the butterfly. Um, I, I, I keep saying this and I keep forgetting to do it, but one of these days I'm going to research who was the first person to watch that caterpillar go through that process um, and and dissolving its cells and then reforming and, and struggling to get out of the cocoon to become this amazing butterfly. So one of the areas where limits have been placed upon people is in the areas of traumatic brain injury. And that is what brings me to Molly and Sandy today. So Molly and Sandy, thank you for joining us on Hashtag No Limits. Thank you, Shelly. Thanks for having yeah. us. So Molly sent me a video yesterday um, and it's going to give us the start of the story. And then Molly and Sandy will continue the story in our conversation after. So to my audience, I know I've gotten better at things. This is the first time, though, that I've had to open up a video clip from my computer. So hopefully it all works. Correctly. We'll be able to hear it. And This story belongs to Molly Carver. The facts of the story have played out in her mind, body, brain, and spirit. It's also a story with an immense cast of characters, people whose lives have been changed by their participation in it. If you ask any of these people what the story... Okay, I just want to make sure. Could you hear it? It was very Barely. soft. Barely. Okay. Yeah, very uh, soft. I know the voiceover is soft on the, on the video. Okay. And yeah, and because I'm... I've never, like I said, I haven't done it before. Um, normally, sure. when I'm sharing a screen, I change to make sure that it gets the audio. Um, this story belongs to Molly Carver. The facts of the story have played out in her mind, body, brain, and spirit. It's also a story with an immense cast of characters, people whose lives have been changed by their participation in it. If you ask any of these people what the story means to them, you will, of course, get a different answer. It was about 8.30 p.m. on March 3rd, 2006. A car holding a group of high school friends hit a utility pole. A wire came down. Any better? A little better, I thought. It's better, but it's like it's off. My headphones off and see if that makes it better. Um, because mm -hmm. right now. Yes, you're chopping, but. Okay, so let me try it this way and maybe the sound will come better since I'm not running it through my headphones. 
This story belongs to Molly Carver. The facts of the story have played out in her mind, body, brain, and spirit. It's also a story with an immense cast of characters, people whose lives have been changed by their participation in it. If you ask any of these people what the story means to them, you will, of course, get a different answer. It was about 8.30 p.m. on March 3, 2006. A car holding a group of high school friends hit a utility pole. A wire came down on the hood of the car and sparked. The sparking stopped. It seemed safe to get out. Molly stepped out of the car first. She touched the car and the ground at the same time. 40,000 volts ran through Molly's body. She fell. She died. A neighbor, an emergency room doctor, crashed through the brush to reach the broken car, the girl. The doctor and two Eagle Scouts performed CPR until the emergency crew arrived. 822 chest compressions, 151 rescue breaths, and two defibrillations later, Molly's pulse was restored. The injury is anoxia, the brain deprived of oxygen, deprived of oxygen for 12 minutes. As the ambulance pulled away, the ER doc slapped the closed door. She's dead, he said, and began to sob. The paramedics and doctors at the emergency room shared that grim prognosis, but the helicopter was on its way. A complex, life-saving machine had been set in motion. Molly Carver doesn't take anything for granted. Eating German chocolate cake with a fork, reading a novel, a paragraph, a sentence, remembering what she's going to do tomorrow and what she did yesterday, showering by herself, waking up, walking up and downstairs by herself, staying upright, feeling comfortable in a room full of people. Sandy Dodds is raising her youngest daughter again. For the second time, she's helping to shepherd Molly from helplessness toward independence. From the outside, the process may seem accelerated. Just three years passed between learning to breathe without a tube to attending college classes. This time, however, nothing is simple or straightforward. Development doesn't proceed according to charts on a pediatrician's wall. Sandy has had to learn how to think like a therapist in order to break down all the tasks of living into individual components. This is a story of motion, of momentum, and of moving forward. It's the story of doctors, nurses, therapists, friends, strangers, volunteers who did not give up. Molly did not give up. This, more than anything, is what makes it a success story. The story's unfinished, immense and far-reaching. This film presents a version of that story, collecting its strands and characters and voices and inspirations. Oh, goodness. All right. So hopefully I'm going to turn my volume down now because otherwise I'm going to start having some feedback here. Um, so hopefully I see that we have several people watching. I hope that you were able to hear that. Um, just in case people were not able to hear it. Um, Sandy, if you, because I didn't ask Molly this ahead of time, so I don't want to put her on the spot with this one. Um, but Sandy, if you could sort of go through and just do um, the highlights of that as far as like what happened, just, in, just briefly in case the um, 
the volume didn't come through. And somebody who's watching, if you want to tell us if you could hear it, then we don't have to have them go through that again. <laughs> I'm going to wait to see if somebody says anything. Um, so first of all, um, for, for those who are watching, um, Molly was in a normal growth life. Everything was happening um, per typicality. Yes. Um, and then at the beginning of that video, it says, um, and you saw that, you know, she was playing the violin, she was hanging out with her friends. Um, and then on March, and I forgot the date it said, Third. 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 2006, mm -hmm. um, she was out with some friends and there was an accident. They hit a utility pole. Mm -hmm. They were knowledgeable enough um, the line from the utility pole fell on the car and they waited until it seemed safe. There was no more sparks. Okay. Right. Um, so we, we do have someone who says he could hear it clear, but he was a bit, a little bit late joining. All right. So for Michael, I'm going to, hopefully we'll get you caught up to speed. Um, so um, the, the line stopped sparking. Mm -hmm. You thought it was safe to get out. Yes. You got out of the car and you touched the car, the car and the ground and the ground at the same time. And it turns out the ground was electrified. Either it had stayed electrified or there was additional voltage shot oh, through the lines, right. which which the car company does. They are called reclosers. They try to reclose the line. Um, okay, so that, so that may have been extra what voltage, perhaps. Right. Which is okay. why I got zapped. Which is why you got zapped. Okay. And so then um, serendipitously, this accident happened near a residence of a, of a doctor. In his backyard. Yes. An ER doctor. An mm -hmm. ER doctor. Yeah. And there were two people in a vehicle that came up on the scene who were both Eagle Scouts. Is that correct? Actually, one of the Eagle Scouts was in the vehicle and, oh, had okay. uh -huh. and the other lived in the neighborhood. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to remember from what you've told me in the past, yeah. like when I first yeah. met you, as well as mm -hmm. kind of what the video shared. All right. Mine so then. Not have an independent memory of what happened. That accident you know, at all. For her, this is all reconstruction. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. And, and it's theater, so it's reconstruction for yeah. me as well, but we've spoke with a lot of we spoke with a lot of people right no memory of it at all yeah so that's probably a safety feature <laughs> oh, yeah um, i agree um, for the best yeah so we saw it in the video um so 2006 it's 2000 mm -hmm. almost 15 years later it will be 15 yeah. years in march mm -hmm. um, you are doing so amazing and I haven't seen you in person in a few years. I've just been watching some of your things on Facebook. Mm -hmm. um, so tell me a little bit about your recovery process from once the accident happened. Um, Michael, who joined us, is an EMT. Oh, nice. So um, Michael, I hope you heard the part where um, how many chest compressions um, the fact that the doctor, the ER doctor, when he closed the doors of that ambulance to send her on her way to the hospital, mm -hmm. thought she was not going to make it. I was dead. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, 
and yeah, just just amazing. Um, you well, were when I graduated high school. I just want to interject this because you're fine. Was, in 2008, she graduated high school, and we invited all of the people from yeah. the fire department and the the EMTs to the party, and they came. All of them came. Yeah, <laughs> they came in their equipment. We have a long, narrow driveway, so mm -hmm. they parked half a mile away and then shuttled themselves <laughs> back there. Truck, right? And oh, you know, awesome. yeah, we often see um, people who were on the scene out in the community, and they always—it's just lovely to see that. Yeah. Yes, it's very heartwarming to see someone who you know is involved in my life saving. Yeah. So, yep. yeah, I I can imagine how that feels. Now there was someone, and I believe his first name was Ken, that had commented that he was there, and I invited him to join today. So I hope. Um, that, sure. that he's been able to to get the availability in his schedule because it would be, um, to me, very interesting to hear from someone who was there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you were there, but you don't remember. <laughs> yeah, I was there, but... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so... Okay, so um, so your recovery. So you, you went in the ambulance. You were, you were actually dead. I mean, like, you were... They, yeah. they called it for like, was it 10 minutes or 20 minutes or? 12, 12. 12. 12. Okay, right that's, that's based on the ambulance response time from the time that the doctor's wife called until they Not got there. Long. It was at least 12 minutes. It might've even been a, long, a little bit longer. So wow. she was without, without oxygen to the brain. For that long, yes. Except by virtue of the CPR. So. Yes, the CPR is why I'm alive. Yeah. Wow. Not so CPR yeah, is why she's continuous yeah. Right. So was it between the two Eagle Scouts and the ER doc that you were getting the CPR? Yes. The ER because I would imagine for that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would imagine for that amount of time they would It'd be exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But Dr. Byler, who we're great friends with now, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he did all the chest compressions. He just mm -hmm. yeah. Eight hundred and twenty-two. Yeah. Eight hundred and twenty-two just just compressions. He counted them. That's why we know. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh my gosh, that is just incredible. So, mm -hmm. so they thought you were dead. I mean, so they gave you that limit right there and then. You know mm -hmm. that, that. You know, I mean, they were they were hoping that that you would survive, but um, mm -hmm. that doctor. But the defibrillations, didn't. two defibrillations on the scene. That's what restarted her heart. That's why I'm alive. Yeah, because of the defibrillations. Yeah. Okay. So. That's amazing. So what sort of things, so like I said, we're 15 years later. Mm -hmm. um, what sort of things are you, is there anything that you're still unable to do that you could do before that you've wanted to? Like maybe you don't want to play the violin anymore. I don't know. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, I, do, I'm, I'm, I use a wheelchair. So I use it all the time. Um, I use grab bars and handrails and I have a walker that I use. And so she's not walking independently. No, I'm not walking independently. Okay. Although, you know, she can walk. So we're still working on it. It's, right. it's a conundrum. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I know my experiences with you. Um, you, you had a gate built. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So can you explain? Because until I met you and until I worked at the therapeutic writing center, I didn't mm -hmm. know what a gate belt was. Can you explain oh. what its purpose is? 
is to help a patient walk, really, to keep them steady and to give them input for them to have. So the person walking with you yeah. has a way of preventing on to make the belt. If they begin to fall, they can grab the belt. And here it is, we can see it. Uh, I don't think we can see it. Um, well, but I mean, it, it, we could see it in the video. Yeah, it goes around your waist. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. She has oh. multi colors of them. I was going to say, yeah, you got, a, you got a fancy one there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, why would that be better using a gate belt than just having, you know, somebody hold your elbow or hold your arm or put their arm around you? I think it's because of the input I get. That there's actually someone, someone with me, you know, having mm -hmm. security of someone else's mind on my body, I guess. Mm -hmm. That makes sense at all. And from my yeah. point of view, it's just much more secure to help her not fall. So to prevent a Yeah, because I tend to fall yeah. I'm around her core being. So mm -hmm. you've got just much more control over Molly's body. Mm -hmm. She loses control. <laughs> I, I do lose control often. <laughs> Do you still? Yeah, I yeah. do. Well, there's and some I'm... anxiety that Molly has that mm -hmm. has contributed to her her inability to walk independently. And mm -hmm. we, we just trying to pin down the cause. It's related to her vision, I think, because early on she did have some falls and then bad falls. Yeah. And then she's kind of realized that her vision was compromised and maybe she hadn't realized that before. And okay. how do we know, you know, not being in her eyes or in, in her right. brain? So, but we figured out pretty soon that she had some vision issues. Mm -hmm. And they might be the cause of the anxiety or they might be caused by the anxiety. It's we hard don't to really tell. know. Yeah. And we keep trying things to sort of break that. Yeah. And wear glasses, you know, and I have glasses, all, I have lots of different pairs of glasses, mm -hmm. probably four or five pairs of glasses. I have said four years of vision therapy. Three years, starting in 2007, and then um, a couple of years ago, she did a, another year of pretty intensive vision therapy. That helped for a while, and then it didn't. And that's, you know, a lot of things like happen like that. They help for yeah. a while, and then it goes away for some mm -hmm. reason. Yeah, could be anxiety. I don't know. And I, I wonder if hypnosis. She, I'm done, sorry, what? She's been under hypnosis. Oh, okay. She, yeah, she's been. Uh, we did Peak Brain Institute, that's uh, neurofeedback. We did that for like six months last year and also helped for a little while. Hmm? Yeah, I will. <laughs> so. So. <laughs> yeah, I would think because, and, and I am not a psychologist or a psychiatrist, I, I just tend to, to have some thoughts basically sure, I would yeah. think that there, that anxiety maybe is somehow connected to that it was because you stepped down you know that it was a step that you took that caught that created the electrocution of yourself oh, yeah. maybe there's some kind of like psychological yeah thing there there yeah a link huh. you know, I, I have no idea, and I wouldn't know how to fix that if that is the case. But <laughs> that's just awesome. that is yeah. I never that thought is the first thing that came to me when you when you were saying that that oh. that there's that anxiety about walking. Mm -hmm. um, I have anxiety, and I've I've been able to sort of you know just think and pinpoint things, and that's always something that I've enjoyed is is figuring out what causes behaviors, mm -hmm. um, and anxiety is a behavior, so. 
Um, and then I, I would also like for you, you talked about that she did vision therapy. Um, a lot of people, I recommend people often to do vision therapy, but mm -hmm. I've never spoken to someone who's been through it. Um, which you, and I am so sorry because mostly what we're talking about so far was not stuff that I'd sent you ahead of time. Okay, fine. No. <laughs> um, so can you explain a little bit what vision therapy did for you and kind of maybe some of the exercises or the things that you had to do in vision therapy? Well, I think it really helped me for a while and then it didn't. Yeah. Remember some of the exercises? I did a lot of um, eye movement exercises, like back and forth movements, you know, my eyes. You also had colored glasses mm -hmm. for a while, so there was some light component to it. I've had blockers in the eye. I had like um, blockers on my eyes. Okay. You know, like um, to, to um, compress my field of vision, I guess. Mm -hmm. Well, and then try to expand it mm -hmm. later. So, yeah, because your, yeah. your field of vision was narrowed, they mm -hmm. thought. Had very narrow. the, bot the bottom was sort of cut off, mm -hmm. which goes to stepping. Right. You know, if you're, not, if you're right. not seeing the ground that readily, if you're seeing it way ahead of you instead of right where you are. Mm -hmm. Right. A little depth yeah. perception, yeah, issue going mm -hmm. on there. Yeah, for sure, yeah. yeah. And then a lot of your um, vision exercises also involved some physical movement of your feet and your hands. And, mm -hmm. you know, so it's uh, all very connected. Yeah. 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 It is so amazing how much our movements are connected to all kinds of different parts of our body and our brain. And we just take that for granted. Yes. Mm -hmm. It is. We annoying. Don't have to <laughs> 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 Yeah, it, it's it's always very interesting to me when I go, oh, A is connected to B. You know that I don't know how the song goes, but you know the hip bones connected to the this, and the this is connected to the this. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. <laughs> they are true for sure. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, how long were you in the hospital? Let's go now. We'll go back um, sure. to right after the accident. Um, mm -hmm. So, how long were you in the hospital? There are 100, 116 days. Wow. Yeah, 116, 116. So during and that time, is there any part of it that you remember? I mean, I remember um, the later portion of it, yes. But like waking up in the hospital bed and um, the, the ER, I don't remember that at all. Right. No. So Sandy, what was it like for you watching her through that time? Well, and I'm sorry, I didn't. Oh, no, yeah. you know, for sure. It's okay. we're here. So. We talk about yeah, it. Yeah, no, it's very open. We're open about this stuff. So. It, it was hard, but, you know, the people at Children's Hospital, the therapists, first of all, the doctors in, in the PICU, there were two camps of doctors. One of them was saying, you know, you better find an institution if she lives, mm -hmm. you know, if she lives, you're gonna need an institution. And then this other camp of doctors were saying, well, we really don't know what's gonna happen. Well, uh, these are the things, you know, I said, what, what, what am I looking for, you know, when I'm standing by her bed and she's motionless. So they said, well, look for this, this and this. And I went with that camp of doctors because it made me feel better. And <laughs> the, the I don't know. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I appreciate it when people acknowledge 
that they don't know everything and there are possibilities. Um, and there's room for hope. Yeah, it's kind of like why I was, you know. Okay. So that was hard. And then once she was out of the PICU, um, the, the rehab people just started her, yeah. stood her up. And I'm going, oh my God, uh, three people to stand up. No, it was very wobbly, very <laughs> uncertain. And it's like, ah! Well, you saw some, some things in the video. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because you looked tall, even. Everybody, yeah, five nine. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so I mean, I don't was... know if you've grown since then, since it's been 15 years, but you were tall mm -hmm. then. So... Yes, yes, I'm mm -hmm. still tall. <laughs> <laughs> mm -hmm. So, so we had people since they jumped in. I decided I could jump in too. So I was there. I lived in St. Louis for in in the room with Molly like me in the hospital <laughs> for the the whole time. I think either was yeah. one weekend when I wasn't there. Yeah, my sister came one weekend. Yeah. That they gave us a good room after a while, so that was they good. Did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and 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 I'm so thankful for the doctors who who were honest with you. And I think from mm -hmm. my experiences, um, I think that's what most people want is that you know we don't know what's going to happen. This might happen, but this might also happen right. instead mm -hmm. of oh, this is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Would you agree that? Mm -hmm. I mean, I think sure. that you, you appreciated that, you know, they weren't 100% sure what was going to happen, mm -hmm. but they were hoping for positive things. Yes. Yeah. They're open to, you know, they're open to other ideas and open to not just this one. She could be, you know, in a, in a home, you know, and it's institution so i really appreciated that so yeah. sandy sorry go ahead <laughs> oh i was just your butterfly came to mind you know the, the doctors who said they don't know they were willing to see what unfolded and what developed rather than just saying well this is what's gonna happen mm -hmm. they were willing right. to watch. yeah right and, and, and that and that is that is why I like the, the butterfly analogy because we really don't know. I mean, in, in you've you've gone, I mean, there isn't exactly like you can't go back to being a caterpillar, but I mean you you were, you know, you had been a beautiful butterfly and then you you went into a caterpillar and then it came and then you emerged yeah. again. <laughs> yeah, it's very true actually. It's a very good analogy. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean you you had gone through your developmental stages once because you were 15 when this happened yes so 15, you were, 16. yeah so i mean you were mostly i mean your yeah. brain was still having some development that would have gone on but as far as like mm -hmm. your physical body you were pretty yeah. much done mm -hmm. um, as far as like the walking and the talking and the eating and all the kinds mm -hmm. of things, again that we just take for granted yeah. um, until we can't yeah and yeah, you've, you've kind of, um, oftentimes when I think about that butterfly, I've thought about my students that were my special education students that, mm -hmm. you know, people would put limits on them. Oh, you're never gonna, you're never gonna. Mm -hmm. um, but when I think about what Ophelia says in Hamlet, we know who we are and not who we will be. You knew who you were. You were a teenager. You were happy. You were having fun. You had friends. Mm -hmm. You were doing all these different things. And then, yeah. bam. And then, bam. Yeah, it's all gone. Yeah. So, but now you've done it again. I have, yes. Oh, <laughs> you've changed again. again. 
Yeah. So I'm sorry. I get, I sort of, I just kind of am in my own little thing here. Um, so Sandy, what did you have to do and what was it like when you were able to bring her home from the hospital then? Um, well, let's see. I recall that I was trying to get Molly into, into, this was probably when we went back for a visit though, but I recall in the parking garage, uh, losing you <laughs> you're in the oh, wheelchair and not so some people came up and you know helped me really but the first time we went home of course i had a lot of help with the nurses and, and uh, therapists from the hospital so we you know scooped you and up my and family. put you in the van oh I'll, yeah and then when we got home yeah everybody was here too. my brother came out and my sister came out you know and my dad came out and all very a lot of people had to help me. <laughs> and let's see, you did walk into the house, though, with a lot of help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it wasn't pretty. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, mm-hmm. the fact that you are alive and you walked is is mm-hmm. more than at the moment that doctor closed that ambulance door thought would ever be possible for you. True, yes. For sure. So um, even though and it's not... When Molly came home too, the dog got to come inside the house. Before that, she had always been an outside dog, but they have my dog back in. Yeah. That seems an extreme way to get a house pet, Molly. I know, right? That's not something we recommend, folks. I know. Do not try this at home, kind of thing. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So, um, Molly, so what what has it been like for you? I mean, have you had to relearn everything? Every single thing, yes. Every single thing. Yeah. Every From single thing. To eating, to writing, to writing. Your vocabulary has stayed intact. Her, mm-hmm. not not your spelling is is tough. And oh yeah, don't ask me to writing, spell. But her uh, <laughs> verbal vocabulary stayed. Luckily, she was you know making a, a lot of people laugh at the hospital because she was using bigger words to mm-hmm. describe what they were trying to say. <laughs> and she had a tremendous sense of humor mm-hmm. while in the hospital. Yeah. And even, yeah, it's kind of quieted down now. It's probably mm-hmm. part of the, uh, you know, no filters kind of thing. That yeah, so the humor might have been a little bit off. Oh, it was great. Or kind of raw. <laughs> 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you that's cognitive yeah. problems, mm-hmm, some confusion, sure, yeah. memory issues. So, but you know, it's you're, still you're you. Yes, you're it's still difficult, yeah. but I am Molly again. Yeah. So. Yeah. So your therapy started while you were in the hospital. Um, yes. They continued for how long, or, or or are they still continuing? Well, they continued for um, five years. At the rehab institute, and then I had personal, personal trainers, like through um, people in town. I went to the gym with them, but now because of COVID, I don't really have. Right. Yeah. And you did do uh, physical therapy with. Um, yeah, I did some at WashU and said, had some OT, so it's not like yeah, it still continues. And then we do things here, not. Not so much right now, mm-hmm. but because of COVID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The the COVID has definitely put a kibosh on a lot of things. Um, mm-hmm. So sure. tell me what's what's going on in your life now? Like, 
boyfriend, job, school. Well, if you're, what are you now? 20, almost 26? No, I'm 20. <laughs> no, you're almost, you're like, almost, are you 30? 28. 28. Okay. I was trying to do the math and I was really failing. I'm 30 though. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, I am. It's and you do have a boyfriend. Yes, I do. And he's here. He's here somewhere. He's me, honey. Let's say hi, babe. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, hey, I really wasn't planning on being on camera today. <laughs> yeah, actually, we were. We were get between us. Yeah, this is Steven. Uh, hi, Steven. Yeah. How are you? Doing well. Good. So, um, I'm going to put you on the spot now that we've literally have you on the spot here. Um, <laughs> tell me your favorite thing about Molly. Good answer. Good answer. I don't know. I think she uh, is really creative and lets me experience things that I normally wouldn't know about or do otherwise. So I really like that. Okay. <laughs> so how did you guys meet? On a blind date. Ah, well, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you a secret. Uh, it's not really a secret. But um, my husband and I met on a blind date, and Aww. we have been married 28, almost 29 years. Wow. That's so, <laughs> so, yeah. so good things can happen because of blind dates. So, yes. <laughs> and how long have you guys been dating? Oh, gosh. Like a little over 10, 10 years. years now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. You, you came into her life after the accident. Mm -hmm. Um. And so you, you've seen the butter, butterfly that she is today, but I'm guessing that she has even matured and grown more, probably beyond maybe what you thought when you met her. Yeah, uh, definitely. <laughs> uh, yeah. Just overall, yeah, I mean, I would say so for sure. Um, and all the different therapies and stuff like that it has definitely made an impact. So I, I would say, yeah, for sure. And my art. Yeah. And the, your art is definitely, uh, uh, we do art together. Advanced quite a so. bit. So. Oh, okay. So that was one of the common things that whoever brought you together thought you would, would, would connect on. Well, we kind of, um, stumbled upon that actually, as we grew as a couple. Okay. Mm -hmm. So what are you doing with your art today? Well, again, COVID has been a kibosh on things, but I mean, I like to do art as often as I can and I make greeting, greeting cards. And I have a book coming. That's a goal is to publish mm -hmm. that this year. Molly's got a book that's pretty much complete. It hasn't been published though. I mean, I mean, we haven't even self-published it, which we need to do. But uh, Well, I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I just recently self-published. Really? So, yeah, back in oh, November. Okay. Okay, yeah, yeah, so... so. <laughs> 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 yeah, 
Yeah. It is illustrated though, which is mm -hmm. one of the tricky things is getting the illustrations mm -hmm. right. Yes. I illustrated it. What's it about? Do you mind sharing? Um, it's a, a bluebird who uh, goes on a journey because he gets hurt. He runs into a window and he gets like a brain injury like I have, you know, and then what about kind of like his recovery and how he develops as a bird. And he learns, he learns to fly again. He learns to fly like a flying squirrel can fly, you know? That's one of their like things that they put out. Right. So, so that is awesome. Yeah, he flies definitely, but he can still fly. So, awesome. he's like a fun squirrel now, but he can still fly. Okay, that's awesome. That's an awesome story. And yeah, it sounds like it's definitely based upon your your experiences. Yes, it is. Yeah. So, do you sell your greeting cards to people, or is it just that, like, you have or did I before pre-COVID um, yeah. have you know like yeah. a booth or, or you know can people get or take orders to you or how does that work? Well, like I had, I was in the art fair, the Edwardsville Art Fair mm -hmm. before COVID, and that was my big selling point there. Um, and nowadays it's, it's online, you know, by my email. Yeah, but you have things at the art at the, I have, at the, at the art shops, center, yeah. But mm -hmm. most of them, they're just not fully open. I have things are like um, a local gallery in town and frames by three. Yes. Okay. okay. And, town, but... and then there are some businesses, at least one, and well, two businesses that have bought them as Christmas cards for their businesses. So those mm -hmm. are pretty good. Awesome. So if people wanted that watch, because I have people that watch from all over the country. So you said you do have a website or? No. No, no it's, a, mm -hmm. it's in progress. Again, it's in progress. Yeah. But if they wanted to email Molly, Molly mm -hmm. J. Carver at Gmail. We could okay. I'm going to type that in really quick. Molly J. Carver at Gmail. Well, if I could spell Gmail, I will type this in. <laughs> Okay, so you should hopefully see that pop up. So look, if you can look at it, tell me if I typed that in right. Um, because we don't want people sending some other person email asking about yeah. greeting cards and, and you not getting the business. So if you are interested in greeting cards, now do you make them for all year round for all types of event, you know, like birthdays, anniversaries, Christmas? They're pretty much um, almost like universal cards. I do a lot of Christmas cards. Then I do okay. like um, just kind of. Yeah, you do occasional cards. Occasional cards, yeah. we call them. Okay, Most all occasion cards. cards. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awesome. I don't cards and. I don't see the, the email address yet. Oh. I, hmm, maybe for some reason. Normally, my guests can see on the right hand side. There's a a strip that has comments on it from hmm. guests. I can put it up on my screen though, just so you can see it. Can you see that? That looks yes. right. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. awesome. So yeah, if anyone is interested, um, send Molly an email and she can work with you on some all occasion greeting cards. Yeah. Um, I know she... Them, so we can send images. Oh, awesome. Beautiful. Yeah. And then um, hopefully in 2021, she will be having the book about yes. the word bird coming mm -hmm. out. Um, that will be awesome. I hope that that happens for you. Um, and I can, I will definitely chat with you after this and kind of, you know, 
direct you down or not direct you, but tell you the path that I went down to do it. And yeah, if you right. want to take that path, you're yeah. certainly welcome to. Um, so do you, before COVID, um, were you working anywhere or is, is your pretty much sole source of income from your greeting cards? Like any cards you hand from? Um, you yeah. I want SSI. Yeah. SSI. Oh, okay. And Social Security. So. Okay. Very yeah. little really off of <laughs> yeah, I don't have any money on the cards. Yeah. So, so you live, I mean, pretty independently, but with your mom? Yes, or... in my mom's house, yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, so are there things that, I'm just trying to remember the things that I told you I was going to ask you to, um, <laughs> we talked about the therapies. Um, what were the therapies, I don't think we talked about this, that helped you the most? Um, art therapy. Really? Sure. I mean, like, it was, it really woke, up, woke my life up. Yeah. Really just opened up you know, my eyes, opened my eyes up and just was very. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, I just oh, thought of a question. Julie, and now it's Julie Gant at uh, Children's Hospital is the art therapist. And Molly, when for one of your classes, you went and interviewed her for mm -hmm. one of your college classes. You went and interviewed her, and I don't remember, was it maybe for a psychology class. But Julie, she like, was really nice. We did, we did art together, but she was really getting me to talk about my feelings and how all was troubling me by using art as a, a vessel, you know, to get me to open up to her and kind of um, figure out some of my problems that were going on with me at the time by, by using art. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, art therapy is a great tool for um, helping with anxiety. Oh, for sure. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. And yeah, a lot of times we don't know what's bothering us, but if we can sort of get our mind off of intentionally trying to figure out what's bothering us, it will just come out through mm -hmm. conversation. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. Um, so I dug on it. There's this question that keeps floating around and I catch it and then it goes away. And so um, <laughs> is there is there anything that gets you down? Like when you, so you know, the premise of this show is, is no limits. Um, and a lot of times those limits aren't physical limits that someone says, no, you can't go in here. It's attitudes. Mm -hmm. um, do people treat you differently? Um, and do they, and, and by that, do I, do you think that they um, think your intelligence is less maybe because you're in the wheelchair or because you have the gate belt? Yes, I think that is true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you see that a lot or is it just a few people here and there? Oh, man, and again, I mean, you're pre COVID okay. of course. But. <laughs> yeah. Imagine those people like look at you a little bit differently and like, okay, what's up with her, you know? And children for sure are very curious about what happened to me and they don't really get it. So, yeah. But they're and, not afraid to look either. Yeah. And then they just, yeah. <laughs> you know, they, they're very curious. So. Yeah. And what advice would you give to parents whose children are doing that? Just talk to them, you know, let them know, you know, this is a person, you know, this is a person just like your person. 
and they can love like you can love and they can you know have all the same feelings that you have but there's a little bit different is all so still feel yeah. open you know that's beautiful i love that um because that's so true and and i often think that we don't intentionally teach that kids are different and therefore something's wrong with them. Yes. Yes. It it's just because people don't understand. And so I think mm-hmm. we need to intentionally teach different doesn't mean wrong. Yes, exactly. Or different less. Uh-huh. Or less. Yes. Um so different can just be different, you know. Right. We've educated a lot of kids through Molly has been a volunteer at the Edwardsville Arts Center for, I don't know, four or five years now, mm-hmm. right? For Saturday art classes before COVID. So you I work with Vulcan yeah. and doing art projects together. I would go into the art center and help the kids out with art projects. And you've developed yes. more relationships yes. with those families. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. And the families really are thankful to me. I mean, well, to my horn here, but they really, um, appreciate how I can really kind of relate to the kids, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I think that the kids see me as Molly. Right. And they don't see me as this girl on a chair. Right. So. And I. I that about the kids. Yeah. And I so appreciate that you're willing to share that and that specific piece of advice that you gave and the, and the fact that you wanted and we're so excited to come and be on the show because what I'm trying to do with this show is to change those attitudes mm-hmm. um, because I really do feel mm-hmm. yeah because it happened for me that when I was around people who were different than me mm-hmm. my perspective changed mm-hmm. um, it does. Yes. I, and that's what you're saying is happening with these kids in the art center is that mm-hmm. because they're interacting with you, they're learning that the fact that you're in the wheelchair most of the time or, or that your speech isn't always 100% yeah. smooth or that your, you know, your movements aren't always as smooth as theirs, that, mm-hmm. that somehow make you less of a person. Less, yes. And I'm still a whole person. I'm just a different whole person. Right. And what you said about feelings that, you know, you've, you feel everything, you know, Mm -hmm. that you're, you're still a person, you still love, you still have all those emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I really, I so appreciate that sentiment because it is true. And I think it's something that we don't always understand. Um, Mm -hmm. maybe, and honestly with anyone, um, but because we see people, you know, like yourself who, who have these physical differences now, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, we just have this weird feeling like, oh, they're always sad or, oh, they're always happy. And like, we forget that there's all these other emotions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I, well, I upset them, you know, or like that kind of thing. Like, well, I make them upset or well, I offend them somehow by talking to them. Right. I'm referring to myself and I ask them. So. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. I, yeah, I, I understood. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, so Stephen, I want to ask you one more question before you look like you're getting uncomfortable back there. <laughs> so, um, no, he's fine. When he's just shy. 
Oh, well, and plus I didn't really, you know, warn him that I was going to talk to him or ask him anything. So, um, but, but when you were out with Molly, I mean, again, pre COVID, um, do you see people looking at her that maybe she's not seeing or people, um, do you maybe buffer reaction, not reactions, but interactions between her and other people as a way to oh, sort of protect her? Yeah, that, that's a good point. Because sometimes you kind of have to a little bit because sometimes it's like other people's help isn't exactly all that helpful. And I'm <laughs> sure like Sandy and everyone that knows Molly that's been out with her a lot has experienced that at least a few times where you'll, you'll have someone who's really got the best intentions or they're trying to be really helpful and just kind of have to be like, oh, thank you very much. Thank but you, but also, also, I kind of really, really just need to like be the one helping Molly right now. So, I it, think she was like, well, yeah, uh, I mean, you, you noticed that also, but not really, not really a ton, you know. That's good. I think, I think you just ignore it. Yeah. I ignore it. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, you know, yeah. With the relies, you know. We used to talk about, though, when you go into a store in the wheelchair, that the sea of people just parts. Yeah. That, oh, yeah. It's in the wheelchair. I'll move. I'll move. <laughs> well, that's not a bad thing. I mean, <laughs> I'm not an alien, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I just, I know, you know, we have a mutual friend, Fran, um, that, that I do Fridays with Fran, and, and you know, she's she's in a wheelchair a lot of the time now, and mm -hmm. she said that people um, treat her as if she is somehow intellectually deficient now, yes. because she's in the yes. chair. Yes, wow. like we're somehow like less smart, I guess, because right. you know, yeah. like you don't know how to be a full person, I guess, because you use a chair. They think, yeah. they think, think that, that way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 Like, I just feel like dumb, you know, but it's really, yeah, we talk about Fran. I love Fran. She's one of my favorite people in the world. <laughs> <laughs> she's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, she, she was hoping to join today, but she usually has something every Tuesday, unfortunately, at this time. Mm -hmm. So she doesn't, she'll watch it later, um, yeah. but doesn't mm -hmm. always get to join live. And I know she, she wanted to, um, because she was the one who, she was like, hey, you need to reach out to Molly. She would be a great one for the show. So, um, and yeah, I was, I was so glad that she reminded me that, you know, mm -hmm. that you'd be an awesome person to interview. And she was absolutely right. Um, you have been an awesome person to interview today, and I so appreciate Stephen joining us and your mom Sandy joining us. Um, and I, I just we've got a couple minutes. If there's anything that you would want to say or advice or just anything else that you maybe thought you wanted to or you were going to say today that you haven't had an opportunity to do so yet, I think in regards to the. Um, people in wheelchairs, you know, I think just being kind and treating us as people would really be something that would be important to get out to um, uninjured people, I guess. Yeah. 
you know. So. All right. No, I just have to say through all of this that, no, I can't write anymore, but thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that Molly's uh, positive attitude has been astonishing. Most of the time, you know, it's not always like Yeah, that, I have but... my <laughs> <laughs> Well, I would hope so. Otherwise, I might think you were a robot if you were happy all the time for this. <laughs> but she's had a, a great attitude and a, and a great sense of humor that, that has helped. I, I try to be positive, but you know, I have my down moments. You know, I have my downtime too. You know, I have my dark days, as everyone does. But I just realize, you know, I'm alive, and I can be a person, and I have love around me. You know, and it's just I have an ability to help. So I want to. Yeah, and I I think that's that's very wonderful that you have that attitude and I'm glad that you do allow yourself the down times and the down days because that is part of everybody's life you know yeah, I mean yeah, yeah. nobody should feel all one way or all a different way um I want to show you one of the comments that that came up um this is from Michael he's the EMT that joined us earlier Molly you are such a strong young woman keep up your determination and never stop reaching for your goals Thank you, um, And Bronwyn Stormer says there is room for hope always. That's so true, Bronwyn. Yes. And Michael mentioned earlier, which I didn't show, but he, his daughter, um, he was on a couple of weeks ago and his daughter mm -hmm. was at Children's for a, a lot of her life. And um, so he, he has the same wonderful experience at Children's oh, that it sounds like you guys have had. Um, yes, so, I love They're so magical. Yes. Yeah, we we are very lucky in the St. Louis area to sure, yeah. to have Children's and um, Cardinal Glennon, and um, we have we are very blessed with those institutions mm -hmm. in our area. Yeah. Um, all right, Michael just popped something else up here. What did he say? You have an amazing support team as well. Yes. Aww. Yeah, her her mom is pretty awesome. Um, I, I'm, I'm sure you figured that out already, but just in case, I'll, I'll throw that out there that uh, Sandy has been an amazing support. <laughs> there she's back. Uh, it's been a joy to get to know you guys um, over the years. And I know we've kind of lost track of each other a little since we don't go to the same uh, therapeutic writing center anymore, but I'm so thankful for that, that we, our paths crossed and that I have gotten to witness. Facebook has been good, um, helping to keep in touch and, and the great things that you are doing. So um, again, if you would like an all-occasion greeting card, um, Molly J. Carver at gmail.com. Um, we're going to get you like some serious business here. Uh, get, get you um, some special orders and, you know, um, just, just get people reaching out to you. Um, Molly, you are so inspirational and, you know, not that I would wish what happened to you upon anyone, but you have handled, I think, as best as, as possible. Um, like your mom said, your attitude, your drive not to give up. Um, it's been a, yeah. You give up, you're done. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah. And that, yeah. that takes amazing strength, whether you think you have a lot of strength or not, that takes amazing strength to continue to fight and to continue battle. Um, so thank you so much, all of you for being on hashtag no limits today. Um, oh, next you. week, I will be interviewing Shri, um, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce her last name because I will botch it terribly. Um, she grew up being told that she was never going to go to high school. She was never, or graduate high school. She would never go to college. Um, not only did she go to college, but she graduated with honors. She had, um, has a specific learning disability. So I'm looking forward to this. I've never met her, but she is another master IEP coach. And uh, so we have talked with each other through that program. So I'm excited to have her next week on Friday with Fran. Um, every Friday, one o'clock, same, same place. Um, Fran and I just talk about special education things. Uh, what's going on in her life? What's been happening with her kids? Um, things that, that I have experiences with because of my IEP coaching that I do. Um, so join us on both of those. If you have liked this, please like it, share it, comment, um, get as many people. That's what we're trying to do here is to make the world better for all one IEP or one limitless possibility at a time. Um, if you need somebody to help you through the special education process, please contact me. You can contact me through this thread. You can contact me through my website, um, shellykino.com. You can email me. Um, I, just, you can find me. Um, if you found this, you can find me elsewhere. So again, thank you so much. Happy New Year to everyone. Happy New Year to Sandy and Molly and Stephen. And again, thank you so much. Yeah. Everybody have a great day.